The opinions expressed in the following are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the producers and the Six Talk Podcast Network. Also, the following contains mature material and mild language, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Discretion is advised. Well, here we go on this uh, Wednesday evening, September the 11th, 2019, lest we forget. And yeah, I, I get it. 18 years ago today, a lot changed. And I, I that's, it's a little muted these days, I think. There were the usual batches of memorials we often see at Ground Zero and in Pennsylvania and the usual commemorations. It's a little bit more like, I, w I haven't been watching the 24-hour news cycle today. So I can't say I, I don't know how, to the extent of the coverage we've seen today. I've had one mm -hmm. person at work mention September 11th. I would say it's very muted nowadays. Yeah, it's I think been so it's been long, so it's been so long. Which is crazy to think. And I think you think about we can remember where we were, and there are a lot of people who can't remember anything, but it was crazy. I'd I never forget, for, but I do remember. I have well, coworkers who were in second grade when that happened. <laughs> yeah, like it's kind of crazy, like for myself. I remember it so vividly because our teacher teaching us law in high school was like a go-getter and she actually brought the TV and we were watching it live on the TV and it was the snow because it wasn't getting very good reception and it was, it just made it that more eerie and very just bizarre. It, it was, was so, we couldn't believe what we were saying. It was crazy because like it was just such bad reception and everything else. And the other thing was they never told us anything was wrong throughout the whole day. They never mentioned it. And I remember my mom said she thought that was odd because she said when Kennedy was shot and killed, they let them know immediately and let them out of school. So it was interesting how they handled it. Hmm. I was in sixth grade. They wheeled the TV in as well. They said something was wrong, which was blatantly obvious. <laughs> well, it's kind of weird because for us, it sounded like they didn't want us to know at all. They didn't want to disrupt the environment and stuff like that. And I guess it was kind of teacher's discretion, but they'd rather they not done that. <laughs> and we did not get to go home early, mm -hmm. which was fine. And I remember on the way home, my friends and I would theorize, oh, I wonder if they're going to hit the CN Tower next. And we weren't so much scared as curious, I remember. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing is, remember, like all the planes, they came uh, to Canada yeah. and they let them in and stuff like that because no one really knew what was going on. Like well, that's how crazy it was. It was just, that's, and that's the impetus for come from away. The uh, mm -hmm. musical. Yeah. My day was, it was a pretty rude awakening. Cause I, 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 I was still, um, early in my current, like my job at the time. Well, I'm still with that company now in many ways. So I had worked late the night before. Yeah. So I was still very much asleep and my radio like I, I had my alarm set to a certain time and then it was the rudest awakening I could ever recall my radio giving me because it was on 680 news. And then I heard, you know, the first report, the reports, like it was already a couple hours. Like by the time I woke up, maybe more than an hour or two had already passed from the initial incidents. And I was so groggy when the radio just mentioned this such and such had happened at the World Trade Center. I thought I was hearing things. And then as I really came, became alert, I saw to the great, how bad it really was. And I was transfixed to the television 
I turned on the TV transfixed for my, the rest of the morning. The thing was, I had some some chores to do in in the house at the time, and I had to. I got something in the mail, which, which coincidentally, <laughs> coincidentally, um, just a, not just a, not too long after the doorbell rang, and my and my mother, I think it was my mother, um, she screamed, shouted upstairs, "Hey, Mike, you have a package!" With all this happening, and I just thought, "Wow, that's what timing," and. That's how I spent the rest of the, the rest of the afternoon or late morning, early afternoon, assembling what I got in the in the mail at the time. Was it a Gundam? No, it was something else. It was uh, it was something else. But I'll tell you about that uh, maybe off air. Um, <laughs> and then and then in the evening, I actually drove went to York University to meet up with some friends, actually people who were in the um, the Japanese club uh, there. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did meet. I was meeting them, and. Um, we and that was a rather subdued feel as well. That's the that's as that's as I remember September 11th. Now, I always mention my, the roots of my family are based in New York. I have relatives who are still in New York City, so my concern was with them. Mercifully, none of them were anywhere close to um, the southern tip of Manhattan where it happened. So that's there. But obviously, if you're a New Yorker, you're Everything changed that day for you. Anyway, 18 years on, don't know really what to say 18 years on. As I said, like, I mean, it's been that long. Everybody who, like, anybody who would have been alive at the time are, well, are young adults now. So you remember, but it's, for those of us who were, at least didn't have, have a real stake, lose loved ones, etc. All that, like, yeah, it's a little subdued. The emotions aren't as raw. I don't know how it feels, and I don't know how it feels for anybody who did have that, who did lose a loved one. So I, I so, and I wonder how they feel on this day, and that's where my thoughts are now. It's it's on them and it's on well we we in recent months we've heard about first responders now um who have come down with this debilitating um debilitating conditions many of them dying because of the um conditions that they faced um while rummaging through everything in the aftermath so those are where my thoughts are today and we'll worry about all the policies another time that discussion will always be there it's been ongoing for 18 years we can put it aside for maybe just a day. Anyway, that's the serious part of the show. Well, until maybe the bullet segment. Um, so Mike Nicholas, James Austin, Kevin Ng, around the table for for episode fourteen of the Anime Roundtable version two point an episode give an episode that was suggested and by the one person who is not here this evening, <laughs> Mohammed Shamarki, wanted to do this episode. At, in the aftermath of seeing Makoto Shinkai's latest movie, Weathering With You, its North American premiere was this past Sunday here at the Toronto International Film Festival, which is still ongoing. There's one more showing of the film this Saturday, 
uh, oh, the Saturday okay. afternoon. There was one yesterday afternoon. I was concerned to go going to that one. I think they were sold out though. They were sold out, but they were sold out in seconds. They had like a the rush line, but trust me, that rush I would, line. I, I mean, it was not worth, in. I was. It wasn't worth it for me. So uh, I'll wait for the wider release. The thing is, you three and another friend. Well, yeah, you you two, <laughs> Muhammad and Muhammad and another friend, friend all got in to see. Um, a friend of Mohammed's uh, went to see the um, North American premiere, and Makoto Shinkai was at it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why we're, and that's the whole idea for this episode. We're going to talk at length about about the premiere, what they saw. Um, there was a Q and A, from what I understand. So yep, I want an, an introduction, an introduction, a brief Q and A, a brief yep. Q and A, some they thoughts. And the impressions of seeing Makoto Shinkai here in Canada for the first time, and maybe what he said about being in Toronto. It was apparently his first trip to Canada. Where do you want to start with this story? Because I'm going to let you guys... Like, I want you guys to drive, and then the driver bailed out. <laughs> so, but where do you want guys want no. to start with, uh, with, with this story? Because this, well, is, this uh, is a very Toronto anime story, I think. I'm still wondering if he knew what was going on because supposedly Makoto Shinkai only arrived, I guess, around the noon hour. That's what Mohammed, yeah, like, yeah he, re- he arrived like and so we were I, thinking ourselves, late morning. So yeah, if he came right. from Tokyo, if he came from Japan, <clears throat> he must have been jet lagged. We're like, you look pretty good for a guy who had just arrived. In, yeah. I had no idea what the heck was going on or his body probably did. So I'm not sure if they just... Stuff some caffeine into him, or maybe what adrenaline did. too. He knew what was, he understood what was going on. He understood the tiff is a thing. It, it's become a, we were talking about like it's become the vehicle in the last decade. It's the start of the prestige and the Oscar season that people are looking at these movies for February for the Oscars and stuff like that. And a lot of them know it. And G Kids knows it, the distributor for the North American release of Weathering with You and stuff like that. So they've done it with uh, the the Ghibli stuff with uh, Takahata because remember, he was at the Oscars and they were the ones that were got him there. You know, I mean, so you never know. We might see uh, Shinkai there too if... He and G Kids has far. and G Kid and Tiff during its during the off season does show had been showing a fair number of of Miyazaki stuff. Yeah, they had been showing a lot of the Ghibli library and stuff like that across North America, and they did a lot more than I'd say Disney ever did. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, like yeah. it feels like every year they have a different festival or they're celebrating a different movie because an anniversary is coming out, and you're like, man, the library is just so big. And they brought all those other ones. Remember that. Disney never really brought over. Well, yeah, to yeah. this day, I still, I still appreciate Ocean Waves. Yeah, like Ocean, Ocean Waves, even though Waves. it's subtitled, it was great. Like I, they had a theater showing. They had the Blu-ray DVD. So, like, and that was one people gave up on. Like, they never my, thought it would uh, happen. My favorite Ghibli film of this moment only yesterday finally came out, and that got a dub even too. Mm-hmm. Went, yeah. So let's go back to Shinkai then. <clears throat> So I guess we could say we were we were lucky to get into the theater first of all. Well, even because it's TIFF, remember? So you have to line up and somehow get in there. But you had tickets. That's the thing. Like I mean, Mohammed Mohammed was a member. So Mohammed was already in the theater because Mohammed was a fucking soul saver. I don't know. Like I'm not sure how many people he probably had to fight off for those seats he got us because he got us good seats. And uh, he also had to. Sneak into the line too, because you know you're gonna get him banned. Like from the next tip, they're gonna watch know him. Who like Muhammad a... is. It's fine. Don't worry, we'll plaster his picture everywhere. Whereas we 
were at Hooters. Yeah, we, we got to start line, at Hooters. We because got because the start. line was that long to get into the theater. Oh wow! I thought that I thought you were just there for a drink in the view. <laughs> well, it's no. weird. Like we're laughing because no. I'm thinking to myself, Hooters is still here, and I'm like, of all the things in downtown Toronto, I'm like. How are they still the here after all these years Hooters for Hooters? And who in the neighborhood <laughs> is going to this Hooters? Which well, may be the only I Hooters went, I know the of. The, 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 the other thing is that's probably why it stayed there. It's that type of, it's that, it's the entertainment district. So mm-hmm. for better or worse. But yeah, no, we, we were like, and more, we got there a half hour before and we were at Hooters and we're like, okay, maybe we'll get there. Maybe we'll get there. And then we're like, Mo's texting us saying, I'm trying to get the seats and say them. We're like, I wonder if he's going to be able to do it. But somehow we got there. I think we might got there right at six when it started. But luckily, maybe 545, give or take. But they definitely started a little later because they had to get everyone in that theater. And it was like, yeah, especially on military precision, to put it lightly. I, I suppose Rush Line, if you miss the first couple minutes, that's the thing about being in the Rush Line. But if you if you had a real ticket, that's another. I, I would like to think that that would have been another story. Mm-hmm. They well, they would, so they had to be sure about that. So yeah. um so so because those guys paid for the privilege to be there from the start. I suppose you oh. tell you tell me if I'm wrong. It's just I I it's been a long time since like I mean I told I think I told the story la, um, last episode about my lone experience at TIFF, which would have been to see the um to see uh, a screening of Princess Mononoke. Mm-hmm. Said friends and a few of those friends I met up on uh, during the evening after ni- on nine eleven, like mm-hmm. at York University, we were like I was with them a lot, a good handful of these same friends to watch Princess Mononoke, but we got there late enough and we ended up being rele- uh, having being forced to sit right in the front. There, and I and I can think and I said at the said last episode um, I could think of a Seinfeld gag in in the way we ended up having to set up to prop ourselves to proper to watch it right it's kind of funny because that's right shinkai one of the things he asked in the q a kind of like went off his his answer and said i wonder how these people in the first three rows like he said i feel bad for you guys like i'm not sure <laughs> how I was watching this movie like he, he was wondering did, if they re- he wondered if they had like any enjoyment at all and how did they feel how did they feel what did they, they say they seemed or? to be not care they were just glad they to, were I glad guess, no, no i think they were happy well, at the very were, least no one admitted otherwise i think they were happy to be uh to get a backhand from uh <laughs> from makoto shinkai right there so because makoto shinkai knew they were there Okay, so the atmosphere. I mean, it sounded like this was very much on the calendar of fandom in the city. Yeah, and I, I think it there acted- might have been some people. You know how sometimes people do travel to TIFF and stuff like that. So I'm sure there were a few people that, for this show, the showing we went to and the other showings, that might have been definitely. This, one, this might have been. Remember, because this is a big event this and would, stuff yeah. like that. Event. Tiff I mean, is- it only had just come out in Japan what, in July. Came out, so you it think came about out around it. the same time as the Kyoto Animation Fire, right? Mm-hmm. I think, uh, give or take, a few, a week or something like that. So, it's yeah, a, it's very fresh and stuff like that. And I'd say for overseas, we might have been one of the first times we've it was had the, that. It was the North uh, American premiere. I know it's North American, but outside as in overseas in general for an English uh, sub. You know what I mean? You know what? I, uh, I, maybe it's worth double checking. Yes, it was the North American premiere, but was it, the premiere, was it its first overseas premiere of any sort? Of the English subs and that, but yeah, it, 
definitely uh, it was good translation from what we saw. There were a few things. The, well, songs, weren't tra- the songs weren't translated and stuff like that, but you could tell. Rad they Wimps, were getting Rad Wimps again? Yes. yes, of course. Yeah, they, he said in the Q&A because someone had to ask about the music. And it's so weird because we, we've all of us have watched all his movies and it was only the last movie that had this band and people have attached themselves to this band. And Rad Wimps because it was so successful for your name, you know what then, I mean? And then Rad Wimps, uh, Rad Wimps' popularity has gone to yet another, to another level because of it, mm-hmm. right? And it was kind and, of that question of, will he have them back again? And, he's, and Shinkai is kind of interesting in the way he chooses, mm-hmm. in, in the way he gets the music mm-hmm. for, his, for, his, um, for his movies. There's always, some, always a story behind the music as well. Mm-hmm. He Which, talked about that, yeah, the like, music and how it fits like, with I mean, the narrative. I mean, I mean, even with uh, five centimeters, like the one that still sticks out to me is five centimeters per second because he used um, an existing song. song. Yeah, yeah, yeah he used an song, existing yeah. song. Um, one more time, one more chance. Which had been out for more than for for a good decade beforehand, but that was the soundtrack for the um, for five centimeters. I really like when uh, directors and and producers go that route, mm-hmm. and not to just arbitrarily have a song created for this movie well yeah nice mm-hmm. touch yeah although that obviously wasn't the case with radwin with radwin's involvement in um mm-hmm. in shinkai works but still with it, these two and then still, he said next time he might do something different of course maybe, because maybe i think he's very it's hard to say but of course commercial success is a key factor as we found out in the q a from him as well yes Okay, well, but uh, if you want, where do you well, where do you want to have this we'll, conversation we'll you, go first? Do you want to go with the Q and A? Do you want to describe a little bit about the movie itself? Uh, uh, we can start a bit. Like he they, he had the an Q&A introduction was, and he was glad to be here and to see how everyone respond. He had a good seat to say the least. It's like we were actually very close to Shinkai. We were quite think, close. It's like we weren't in the touching range, but we we could have probably leaped on him. I dog guess, pile on Shinkai! <laughs> dog pile! Okay. I guess for me, like, so I know in, in an earlier episode, I was telling you guys that I did not want to see this movie unless he was going to come. So when Mo approached me saying, oh, well, looks like he's coming, then I said, well, shit. Okay, <laughs> give me a ticket then. <laughs> well, yeah, now you're obliged, right? And, <laughs> and locked in. And I had friends, the morning that the general public tickets were released, I had friends saying, oh my god, I can't buy a ticket, it's already sold out. And this was like five minutes into the release for the tickets. And then and, and yeah, Mo, Mo, was had the savior. Inside, had Mo had inside track. There right? was like the inside inside track, as he says, the people that I guess they are year-long members of TIFF, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the ones that buy the packages are the second tier. Yes, I think and Mohammed the was general his, public. I believe Mohammed was the second tier. He is the second tier. Yeah, he is and I give the man credit. I give the man a lot of credit that he was able to snag them the way he did. Yeah, actually. Yeah, and he, so, and he must have been tired that day. He that was his third movie. He said that day that he was watching. He is a yeah, tiff goer. He, he is like I, I have a, I have I know people at work who are tiff goers. Uh, Mohammed fits that to a T. What from the sense I get. And so I guess for me, I was feeling, I wouldn't say excited, actually. I, I was just thinking, hmm, I wonder how this is going to turn out. I wasn't thinking, oh, man, I can't wait to see this film. No, I was just like, we'll see how this goes. And I, I assumed it would be entertaining. 
And yeah, I thought it was it was very entertaining. Okay, so we was, should give a lot you, of fun. We should give you give the, the most, shortest spoilerific yeah, well, uh, way biggest, of describing it. So what I can tell you is the, prem, the basic premise without really well, spoiling anything. Basically, after you finish watching this movie, you will have the biggest craving for a Big Mac and want to go to McDonald's. I guarantee you, because all of us afterwards went to a McDonald's and we had a Big Mac, and You're it was a liar, all because James. of Shinkai. You're a liar. Well, didn't you watch the same movie as me? I remember him scrunching down into that Big Mac saying it was the most delicious thing he had had. Oh, no. I, I was lying about the fact... You were lying about the fact that we went to McDonald's after. That's all. But I guarantee you, you had the thought of wanting to go there. That's an interesting... Yeah, not really. <laughs> spoiler right there. But no, there was, there was a lot going on in that movie that we were talking about. I think I was talking to Kevin about... It's set in Tokyo, and he has done stuff, obviously, in Tokyo and stuff like that. But it felt a more lived-in setting, a more lived-in city. There was, like, a more of vibrancy to the setting, I felt like. I'm not sure if, Kevin, would you say that is true? Like, yeah. It, like, it's like, and there was definitely ties in my mind to um, Garden of Words, because there was a lot of, obviously, weathering if you, rain plays a factor in the scenes a lot of the scenes, and that was true of Garden of Words as well. Okay, so to give a very quick uh, synopsis to this film, a young man goes to Tokyo from a small town by himself with barely any money. He's on the run. Or not on the run so much as he ran away. Yes, he ran away. And a chance encounter with a man that he bumps into that saves his life causes him to find a way to live in Tokyo. And soon after, he meets a girl who gives him the Big Mac when, when he was in trouble early on. And starving. And this encounter leads to these two kids becoming friends while trying to make some extra money and there isn't a oh, let's there's no point in hiding this fact there is because a, it's in the promotion stuff like that like yeah. she's like there's what a they super, want to say, yeah. sunshine girl and the, there's a, yes there's a supernatural element to this show and that shinkai promoted that when he was talking i know through many of the things about sunshine girl or sunshine boy i guess that they in Toronto, Sunshine Girl has... <laughs> I know, a very different I, I knew you were going to mention that. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a feeling you would. Go ahead. I had to bring that shit up. In any case... <laughs> you the good thing you is saw no that one, one coming right down Young Street. <laughs> the good thing is no one mentioned that to Shinkai. It's like... Did it, about, was there a because, no, because Sunshine Girl? No, no, because he asked about if there's a similar term in Canada or, or something like that. And it didn't cross my mind. And I'm like, wow, I, I guess we had a decent audience with a brain that was still functioning. No, that ran through my mind at some point in the film. <laughs> to say it when the term Sunshine Girl came? Okay, well, in go this ahead. context, Sunshine Girl. Yes. Okay. Because, Let's go back to this context. Because she can bring forth the sun for a brief period of time. During the rain and stuff like that. And supposedly there's been more rain in Tokyo and stuff like that. That's why Shinkai is talking about... I don't want to say global warming, but climate change and stuff like that. Well, he and does talk. Is- he has that habit of talking about over, like overarching mm-hmm. issues. I mean, when we look back on your name, this was made in the after. This was made a couple 
years after, well, about five years after the um, Great East Japan earthquake. So there, so it resonated with with Japanese citizens because it taught because at the center of it, well, at the center of that story was a disaster. And I guess that was a question mark too, because uh, to veer off course quickly in the Q and A, I guess they asked him about what he learned, I guess, from your name and having that success, all that stuff, and what stuck out. And he said the one thing he was surprised about is a lot of people, I guess, in Japan were very angry about him taking like the earthquake and that and making it quote unquote into a movie. And I never really thought about it in that context. You know what I mean? Wait, what? Was, don't you remember when he was saying that? That was one of his talking okay, about so, answers so about some people how, were upset about yeah, using a disaster as yeah, a, as a, as a, plot, as a big like, plot line. I don't want to call it disaster like, in porn, this but film? You know, no, 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 no. I'm talking about your name, remember? Because they were saying about your name between that and weathering with you and what he learned from your name. Because remember, it had a big commercial success. Yes. And he was talking about how some people were upset and he was surprised how they were upset over him using his artistic license like in that i guess it hit a nerve because as you oh, said with many disasters oh. and many things right it, i see it can either be too close or you know what i mean and sometimes it's unintentional well okay that must i have mean been that's the, the first time out. yeah that, that that's the first time i found out that there was and i some heard that back and i hadn't heard that, that before time. which so, so it was like thinking about i'm like wow really and i'm like i and then i thought back to it and i think about it and i'm like okay i could kind of see it but you think about that artistic license and does that mean we're going to like, I'm trying to think you don't want to restrict or whatever. Like it, I don't feel like it was, it wasn't like copy and paste. Like you have to have some artistic merit and stuff like that, but you kind of understand the human element too. You know what I mean? I suppose. So it's this tough, it's just bounce out, but I, I still don't see it. I but don't maybe, see where but the maybe, slight would have been, but, but then maybe again, it's because we're outsiders in that. Once back, again, that's what I feel. Since I was saying on that little, since we talked about nine eleven at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's a, an interesting thought. Now let's continue. All right. So other lessons and little bits that he may, he let on. Well, going back to James mentioning how Tokyo feels more lived in, I would say, yes, it's a more realistic take of Tokyo because you see some of the seedier aspects of the city, like how he had to uh, take shelter from the rain and he had his altercation with that that escort dude. Yeah, like I want to say Yakuza-type prostitution dude, but anyway... I don't know if he was a Yakuza member, but... but Probably not, but you know what I mean? Yeah. One of those very... It's one of those shady characters who apparently was involved with an underage girl. But in any case... And then we got to see a gun in a Shinkai film. Yeah. Which is very interesting, too, how that played a factor in the movie. And uh, just to see how people adapt as well. And remember uh, he talked about in the Q&A, and this is one thing about you say adapt... He talked about growth, about the characters and how they were moving forward. They were growing. They weren't stagnant. You could see that as you got from the beginning to the end for all of them. And you see this at the end of the film, too, where I'm not going to mention what happens. But uh, there is a conversation where he has with an older woman. This is this this is a bit into the future. Where he has a, the main character has a conversation with an older woman whom... He and uh, the female lead, I can't believe I forgot their names, but they helped her as, and they were one of uh, 
the last people they helped before well, no, they other didn't. events happened. They, they didn't help her remember because she was the one after they closed. So they never got to fulfill her request. Oh, I thought it was... Nope, that was not the same old woman. Oh, that I, old thought woman, was, I thought it was that, the same no, old woman. No, no, that was not the same old woman. There was a different old woman, and then they said, you're going to be our last request. And then probably they had some more, and she was the one after, and they never were able to fulfill but, her request, and that's why he kind of they, felt that. See, I thought, I was thinking otherwise, because they had mentioned how she had property, but like, you know, the other place was smaller, so I assumed it was mm -hmm. that one. Well, we can rewatch and see which one of us, but I, I it'll feel be like... a little few months before we get to rewatch it, I suppose. Yeah. But yeah, well, yeah, that was an interesting thing when you think, oh, it's not a spoiler, but it kind of is, I guess some people were disappointed. You saw it in more of the criticals where I guess they were thinking about overarching because they thought, oh, climate change, all this, but he doesn't exactly reflect that in the movie even though shinkai has been talking about it in the interviews and stuff like that but it's more in an area about personal responsibility and the choice that's made at the end of the movie and that's all we can really say uh, mm -hmm. so that's enough so really enough about the movie for now until maybe until we see uh, have a better chance to like you guys are just like i'd like to see the movie obviously so um when is there any sense as to when we'll see a, another like a somewhat wider release in theaters? It'll just be you know, next year. It'll just be yeah. Into I think next it'll, year. Be it'll be early next year from uh, G Kids and stuff like that. And hopefully, uh, unlike uh, Mirai, which kind of I don't know what happened with that movie for distribution in Canada. Hopefully, it gets physical release in Canada as well as the U.S. It would unlike look Mirai, which only got U.S. and you had to kind of import through the back door. Just yeah, with all the stuff going on, maybe. Uh, well, but uh, since G-Kids has it all, hopefully that's a better chance because they always get things up here and it'll be probably in a Walmart for $20 plus tax. Which oh, is yeah. Really well, nice. that part, yes. But um, mm -hmm. more like I I'm more thinking about just the theaters. The theater definitely. Release. It'll probably be up here. It's like at a wider release because mm -hmm. they do do that. Like, what is it? G-Kids is doing Promare uh, in a couple of weeks and it's getting a wider release across North America for dub and sub. And okay. it's here in Canada as well. All right. So, so I'd say uh, Weathering with You has a very, very good chance. So let's go back. Let's go to the to Shinkai's words because um, the Q and A. Anything that stuck out? Sci-fi doesn't sell. Sci-fi doesn't sell. Yeah. Okay. So, what made you say that? Tell <laughs> so, me the, the give ahead, me the story because I know you're looking through notes. Let, uh, go ahead and talk. I'm just gonna bring out a, a prop for just something just not necessarily a prop but because uh, you had me thinking about this okay go ahead so this question was broached by a shinkai otaku who finally got their attention to have his question asked and, and he had a shirt of course with i think it was like one of the movie things on it like he wanted that question asked so he said that he noticed how uh with his string of films it's transitioned from being from having some more sci-fi elements to being more modern and contemporary. And he asked what, what caused that change? Okay. So and he said how, uh, honestly, I like, could see that. Yeah, that's fair because it's more slice. Like, okay. I'm just, I'm sorry. I interrupted. It's more of a case of like, let's, let's look, look back on the, on the, um, evolution, like from, from his early films to these recent ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were more science fiction. I mean, 
Voices of a Distant Star, Place Promise. Those were very sci-fi type movies. Mm-hmm. And then now you get more slice of life with your name. So, but yes, he said that you know. Now I have a wife and child, and a child. I have a wife and a child now. So, the things that happen in my daily life is what I take inspiration from. So he m- mentioned the Tory gates that he would see throughout the city, and if I remember correctly, he said how uh, they don't really have, or he any feels he, he don't don't yes. have any meaning. But the interesting thing is that whenever they get to a Tory gate, it's like they bow. Or when they're building something, they don't like disrupt the Tory gate, or at least minimally as possible. You know what I mean? Yes. So encountering things like this is, or, or is what he draws as inspiration, or he can maybe use it as a theme or as a a point of conversation in the films, or he'll just feature in the films. And he also mentioned how, yeah, to be honest, sci-fi doesn't sell as well as it used to. Did that get over? Did that get? Uh, did he use those uh, pretty much those exact words, more or less? More or less. And did that get and a reaction? What type of reaction would that have gotten with the mm, crowd? Yeah. I wouldn't Not say much. the audience reacted that much. Reacted. They reacted more. I think. What was it? The one I forget. The one point where he said something to the effect that the movie, like the demographics in that, was more for the teen audience and stuff like that. And it, it, that one. I guess elicited a few groans. I guess well from the younger kinda, adults. It's kind of like it's well. But they're you like we can intention. watch the cartoons too. Uh, yeah, then that's like that's like saying you know My Little Pony. So um and wow and who who ends up being its uh, being its most significant audience? And he uh, mentioned how uh, so with the whole topic of a sunshine or a rainy person, like this is a term that the Japanese use for people. Maybe because maybe they bring in bad luck, or maybe they just brought the rain. Like that's just that's a thing that Mm -hmm. people say in Japan, and that's so that's why that's one of the reasons that why that was featured in the film as well. We're talking, Mm -hmm. so we're talking a degree of Japanese superstition. Or is it superstition, Mm -hmm. or just something? It's more of just a saying. Yeah, more of a saying. I'd say something like that. That's more of what he was obviously us Mm -hmm. as non-Japanese speakers. Mm-hmm. Maybe these are concepts that are, are, would really be foreign to us. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like anyway. A Japanese person, a Japanese native speaker would be able to get, these, get, certain, like get the nuances in these concepts. Mm-hmm. I guess that's why more. he was pleasantly surprised, I guess, still, that so many people want to watch his films from overseas and stuff like that. And that he's, like, he's building it more for the domestic audience and stuff like that. He talked about that and stuff like that. And, he, and you got that when he was talking about the Tory Gates and as we said about Sunshine Boy and Sunshine mm-hmm. Girl and stuff like that. Well, it, it, okay, remember, I always cite Ken Nakamatsu's reaction to Love Hina. And when he found out about its overseas popularity, he said he would try to cater a little bit more to his overseas audience and his future works. Maybe there's something to be said with just sticking with it being mm-hmm. Japanese here mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. maybe that's, it's appeal. That's the real appeal here. That's a lot of the honest appeal to its overseas fans. I mean, where we are at a point where, where Japanese pop culture has had its thing and it does have its influences in other parts of the world, um, in North America. And, and, and I know some people are, will be paying to hear this in other parts of Asia. Some people don't like to admit that, 
that. Oh, what was it? Bill, uh, the streaming service, that Teen Dollar Funimation, Bill... Uh, Billy Billy. Billy Billy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and they're a big thing in China, too. But, and yeah, I think and most then, of theirs is probably anime content, right? Yeah, so, but then... So that's or, or just or just Or just the influences or the mm-hmm. or concepts, influences, styles, designs, etc. Asia, uh, Asian pop culture more or less has its like that the modern modern East Asian pop culture we can really starts in Japan for me for a lot of people mm-hmm. and then it just and they've went tried. to other parts and yeah they've made it their own in other parts of the world mm-hmm. but it clearly has that influence whether we like it or not okay I may be thinking too much here uh, but uh, there maybe there's something to be said about you know sticking with the DNA. Another thought that sort of came to my mind, and and Mo asked me if there was a question I would have wanted to hear asked, and I asked him, <laughs> and he never, and he told me he never had the chance to ask. Yeah, it, as we said, the Q and A, and I think all of them were like this, where there was no microphone or whatever, since it was just a normal thing. They basically said, "Put your hand up and hope he, they pick you." Yeah, and so there was a lot of people there, and I think no one at the back got a chance let's put it that way it was like basically mostly the front (laughs) well um was it it was one level right the theater was one level i was stadium seating so stadium seating okay yeah it's one level rather steep okay here's the thought the the question i had was how does he feel about the criticisms that he faces that his movies are always the same i I think he may have indirectly (laughs) like they're all the like He's the Nickelback of, uh, <laughs> of of anime directors, but the thing is, has did he kind of address that in anything he said? I believe he did, but this was where I tuned out for a moment, so I don't know if you recall what he said, James. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what it was you were thinking of? And then I might remember offhand. Okay, well, I only really caught at the tail end of that. Mm-hmm. I feel like I missed the main point, and then he said something along the lines of and. God, I just know that he essentially acknowledged that there were some criticisms and he felt like he used this movie as an opportunity to address some of those criticisms. I can't really Mm. claim to know the context behind that comment. Yeah, that one I think was from the first question that was in regard to remember we were talking about the last one and disasters and stuff like that, that related into some of that as well. And that it's like him trying to grow from each movie and stuff like that. But, I but will... I would say, mm-hmm. sorry, oh, go you ahead. finish. No, I was thinking he's, I don't want to call it orator or whatever you want, but he definitely, as we know, he's one of those few where he is basically the creative vacuum, the force he's directing, he's writing and all that stuff. He used to do everything, but now he still has the big vehicle behind the movies. You know what I mean? So he's still the man. Like he's still, yeah. I so, will, go ahead. I will say that weathering with you is the least Shinkai film yet in the sense that it's not just about a guy and a girl meeting and they slowly drift apart. But there is a Shinkai moment at the end. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for the I like to call it the shit. But, okay. but there was there was none of that. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. But can't say had... there was none of that. It's just it wasn't it definitely didn't feel like oh they met and slowly but surely they're drifting further apart because that happens in voices, that happens in five centimeters. 
that happen? Does that happen in Place Promised? I don't recall. Sort I can't of, remember, yeah, sort of. but I, n- I forget there was the other one, but I can't remember. Your name for sure. Your name, Your name plays for it, sure. does it in a different way. But yes, it happens there. But it happens. There, there, like, I would say if we want to think about it in the context of Weathering With You and what we saw, it was more, there were a lot of other elements. All I can say is the gun is one element and stuff like that. And it kind of drives the story. So it was a more natural progression. You know what I mean in a way? Because I would say mm-hmm. distance was not a theme this mm-hmm. time around. Whereas mm-hmm. you could say in virtually every other movie, except for maybe the Garden of Words. Mm-hmm. It was. But okay. it was definitely, yeah. I would say, that you have, a, a I feel like, definitely very character driven if you think about for this movie Mm -hmm. okay you know what i mean so So in many ways maybe the uh maybe the um movie speaks as the response in some ways Mm -hmm. i mean you i mean you had me thinking because you had me thinking well he when you said this whole sci-fi doesn't sell line and we talked and you talked about that you had me thinking about that quite the question the question i wanted to ask and in some respects maybe he has tried he has a. I think he's, he's melded he's it tried in a it. different he's, way as he ages and as we heard his responses and he talks about there's a bit of fantasy, but then there's the slice of life and stuff like that and melding it together. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's that's his and way. And there is a bit of changing. fantasy in there with the sunshine girl element. Mm-hmm. I think this is the curveball. Like, well, he go out of his comfort zone, but I think he's just. In many ways, yeah, he's changing, but he's trying. He is trying something different, but it's another element that really never came to mind. And that's that, because he's changed mm-hmm. as a person. Yeah, no, well, course, as well, what he is it? More, he has different experiences in his life now. Yes. He has mm-hmm. a family he needs to feed now. Mm-hmm. Well, keep, uh, keep in mind, um, I, you mentioned the wife. Uh, I remember, I think when he made five centimeters per second. Not five centimeters. She was, the, no, it was uh, Voices. Voices. Of because this was, she, she was the, she was the, they were all voice they, acting. Because yeah, they, they did because everything. Because Shinkai at the time voice everything. acted it. This is one of those extras that, because I, in my copy of the ADV, um, version. I never. The original had Shinkai and his, and his wife's voice in the main characters. Mm-hmm. That was the that was the extra. That was the that was. And I know that. I think in one pressing, the pressing I have, that wasn't. I didn't have that sound that track. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I don't recall having that. I think that was the. And I never got it switched. But that makes it a nice conversation in and of itself. But that's the same. We're talking. That's the same woman, right? That's his mm-hmm. wife. Mm-hmm. And so, that was the other thing, too, because remember that last question? He was talking and asking about that long lost uh, short uh, animation stuff like she that. She and her remember? cat, was it? No, no not she and her cat. It's one. a different one from oh, the wait, same time were... as. Yeah. And he's like, and you're one of 10 did. or 20 people. And yeah, he said that one has. It was 20 or 30 people. Yeah. And he's like, no, I don't want to revisit that. He said it's garbage. He basically said it was not sucks. good. It sucks. Or, it's 20 garbage. or 30 people who knew about it or something to that effect, it right? It sucks. It's never going to come out. Oh, okay. The poor guys. Just like, like that one like random Gundam episode. Well, I mean, that will this never is, come out. Well, as I said, this is like it's one Tomino of... hates it. And, and with all due respect to um, Jesse, because I know he's one, he is not a fan of Shinkai. Mm-hmm. Jesse, our old friend, our friend Jesse Betteridge, um, he can uh, tune out the rest of that, tune out the entire uh, first two thirds of this. Well, I guess he's not listening to this episode then. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, but he definitely didn't go to ten. Well, I'll give a final <laughs> thought, and um, is there, we don't have much else to add to this, do we? Or we I guess we can add uh, Muhammad's thoughts when he um, when he comes back, when he rejoins us uh, in a future episode. But do you, is there one other one final thought you want to add to this? The niece is hot, and Nagi is a master. You just destroyed the effing like plot line. 
Don't say the niece. Now they'll be wondering she's the mistress. Then they'll be surprised. Well, yeah, all the more impetus in 2020 Nagi to watch is it. a G. <laughs> I okay. know. The, what a the brother, the brother is his senpai, remember? Um, he was like the brother, the young brother. No, he was not the senpai. He was the sense. You can even say he's the sensei, man. <laughs> okay, so, well, we're done there now, right? Yes. Okay. Um, you had me thinking when you talked about the criticism leveled at Shinkai over using a re- kind of like being inspired by a real mm-hmm. life disaster mm-hmm. to... Even though it wasn't directly, you it didn't directly mm-hmm. uh, reference the um, the earth the uh, twenty eleven earthquake. Well, yeah. you had me thinking about um, this book. This is a I'm holding in my right hand a copy of A Tale for the Time Being by Japanese Canadian author Ruth Ozeki. Um, this came out in 2013, and I, I only started. I haven't gotten too far into this. This is my sister's copy, and I've held this for a year and a half. And I'm sure my sister is wondering when I'm going to return it. (laughs) Um, Basic outline is, uh, this is about a woman who in the Pacific Northwest, I think in Washington State, who comes across a Hello Kitty lunchbox that contained the the items belonging to a schoolgirl back in Japan. And and they surmise that um, it's debris from... The 2011 earthquake that had gone mm-hmm. across the Pacific. Mm-hmm. That's the basic premise of this. So we get to hear the story from both the writer, from the, both the woman who discovers this lunchbox, and then the story of who this lunchbox belonged to, who was a, um, a schoolgirl who was not in a good place. Mm-hmm. That's the basic premise of, as far as I could tell, for a tale of time, tale for the time being. She made it like that. Remember the one story about the motorcycle and stuff like that, and it got washed over, I think, to BC. Yeah, and the guy's like, "Oh, I got my bike." It's mm-hmm. like That's, everything it's was terrible. Like that. Well, there's, there's a like, lot of those, and the, like, and this was a highly acclaimed book. This was mm-hmm. a Man Booker finalist. I do want to read it. There's a lot of other books I want to read. I I apologize to my sister, but um, as for the condition of this book, it was like this when I when I got it. But let, let's start. Let, that's as we. That, you just had me thinking of that uh, as we end off that thought. Oh, one other thing, and I thought I'd uh, just to end the Odyssey because we've talked about this every so often during <laughs> since we brought came back. back I think in, I beat you on getting oh, yes, to Canada, yes. which is kind but, of funny. Um, my aunt, uh, because I had remember I told you I had this sent to my relatives in in um, Boston, in Boston, yep. and then it got to New York, where my to my um, cousin's mother, my aunt in New York, and then she was here this over the weekend, so I finally got my copies of the core manga. More than three years after the Kickstarter campaign. Mm-hmm. So, um, the I'm, real physical stuff. Yes, and, I, I, and trust me, and I, and thank you, Auntie, for, thank you, and thanks to my cousin for really going through the trouble to do this for me. Um, to take this in and uh, eventually get this to me. So uh, I say thank you. I didn't realize, and I really say thank you because now that I see these books, I didn't. Re- I knew they'd be big, but I didn't they're, realize. They're big and heavy. And I told, you, like, I told you, like, I got mine through just digital manga itself. And I told you that it got opened by U.S. Customs mm-hmm. because the way they packaged it, it looked like they were bricks of cocaine. Well, they, they, not, they, like, they were like, bricks, was, that's for sure. Like, uh, like they'd... Put it in like brown paper and all this stuff. And if, if they were looking at, I bet you they thought I was smuggling drugs. The other extra I got were these the little magnet, magnetic um, 
bookmarks as well of oh, each okay. of the three main characters. That's the extra, I, the little extra I got. Oh, so was which, that one which, of the add-ons you got? Yeah, because I, know which I may add-ons. never use. Oh, okay. Because I was thinking about that, and I'm like, that. I was well, figuring that was the add-on because I knew I'm you not going to say I'm, I'm worried for the about them being the uh, physical, yeah. right? I'm not going to say I'm worried. About, I'm not going to say I'm worried about them being slightly damaged now because they were in transport. But mm-hmm. I'm just glad to have them. And as I said, it's a story in itself. These books are probably more well traveled than I am. <laughs> we oh. finally have another Shonen Jump title coming out. It's oh, what's great. that? Oh, that? Yeah, this was. This oh, was yeah, Shonen Shonen Jump. yeah, that was Shonen, Shonen Jump. Yeah. yeah. And it's one of the older ones that made over in like uh, City Hunter and okay. stuff like that. But we are getting the enemy. Oh, so yeah. back, please, so. somebody release the City Hunter manga. Okay. Well, what was it? It, was, it started with an R, remember? You're, you're it thinking was of Raijin. Raijin. And it was the guy who created uh, City Hunter that actually remember. He was the one behind it all. And so when they need to do edits, remember? Then, they said he would do it like on the fly. It was Raijin, ridiculous. Yeah, I have the like the first copy of Raijin sitting right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love a Fist of the North Star manga re-release, but we need an anime reboot for that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so... Okay, I guess we're done with the Shinkai stuff. I guess more we'll uh, we'll hear more Mo's thoughts when he comes back on the microphones, and maybe if the friend that uh, that took the fourth ticket that was originally intended for me, but I was working. Okay, so we have about we're like fifteen minutes into this taping. We want to get this roughly an hour. We want to do a quick bullet segment, I guess. So we're so we have a couple. Um, we well, this is James's first appearance since the Kyoto Animation Fire. Right? Do you have a thought? Do you want to share? Now a month, like all these, like more than two months later, or roughly two months later, um, since then uh, a few more names have come out. Whether people, whether the fa- uh, of the victims, a few more victims' names came out. Whether the victim, the families of the victims liked it or not, because there's a lot of controversy it's, concerning that. I know it's a very. They had two competing police agencies about that, and it's a very different. Like I don't think we can really comment on it because from our perspective overseas especially from a north american perspective what happens is they usually release the names and the reason is because of public interest and stuff like that and it become beyond just a private affair and stuff like that especially yeah, in these type is- of cases and in japan it's a different thing they still have more rights to privacy and stuff like yes, that so you can in- see it if you understand the culture and stuff like that. So I understood where they came from, even though if it had happened in somewhere like North America, that would, just, a very would, not, possibility. Fly. It would not fly. Yeah, they we would have prob- went to court they, and they would have just said and no. And we, we probably would have never known the names if the family didn't want it that way. So. The interesting thing thinking about that though, Mike, is you know about uh, Violin, uh, sorry, Violet Evergarden, the special and stuff I like think that. I so they, man- they managed to get it over into Germany because Kyoto Animation wanted it to be shown. They finished it the day before the fire. That is just insane to think about that. Finished it. And then the other thing was the director, I believe, of it said for the credits, everyone's going to be in there, even the victims. They'll be Which is interesting. Their names will be in the credits. It sounds like their names will be okay. in there. And all the people that worked at Kyoto Animation will be on there too, which is a very rare event. Usually it's just the people that worked on it like... Like it's a major else. contribution and stuff like that, but the director wanted to make sure everyone was mentioned because it, you know, I mean, it became such an event. Yeah. yeah. And then the other thing is they said, well, the movie for Violet Evergarden, that was supposed to come out in January. Obviously, they'll have to delay it and look, but we'll see what they have. And then there was some of the artwork, remember, you heard survived, and that's an incredible story in itself, too. And they took some of that and 
showed it, I guess, in Kyoto. I forget. It was either at some bookstores or at a gallery, but showing of what survived uh, the building one, okay. which is crazy. But And then unfor- the unfortunate part of the story, and another one reared its ugly head yet again this week, is I, it just boggles the mind why people think, and I'm not sure where the mindset, and we've heard about it before Kyoto Animation Fire, and I'm sure we won't. See, the end of them is there was one for Square Enix, and then this week it was visual arts of just a guy. Yeah, a threat. And who knows whether they will actually go, but you always have to do, especially in these type of things, when such a major thing has happened after that. And the other thing is the actual perpetrator, thank goodness they got, and we'll see. Hopefully, the justice system will do what it needs to do over there. But it's one of those things of. Maybe he did make these threats, but it's tough because they got to make these judgment calls and stuff like that. And it sounded like maybe he was Kyoto Animation does a contest for novelizations and stuff like that. And I think that's how Violet Evergarden also came to be and stuff like that. And so I think he might have like had a novelization in there. And that's why I said, oh, they're stealing from me and all this. But it's just crazy how those things it's go. And, and stupid, really. But I don't know. It, it it's it just boggles the mind when you think about it. That's all that matters. Yeah, it, does. And, it does. And hopefully it's like the other thing is I'm just amazed about the outpouring for the money and all that from all over the world. Like you think about going into not only the bank account they set up afterwards and stuff like that, but also for that, was it the GoFundMe that Sentai set up? But the funny story about that, GoFundMe Sentai set up for uh, John Lefford, and there was another one you told me about, but the other part was remember Cool Japan um, put some investment into Sentai, basically. Yeah, the, um, the, and so uh, that investment the, and that connection the, yeah. was able to get a connection to the lawyer who was handling the uh, response for Kyoto Animation. He was able to get in contact so they could figure out what to do with the GoFundMe funds to get it to that bank account which is kind of interesting to say the least, but hopefully yeah, they'll the, be able to use all that. And they said in it, it's tough. Like they said, we're going to try and help the victims. We're going to tear down the building, maybe make a public park and do all this other stuff. But it's just a crazy amount of money. And to try to get it right is just, it boggles the mind on so many levels. Yeah. Uh, cool. Japan was a government initiate, a government mm-hmm. initiative some years ago by, um, Taro, uh, Taro Aso, the, uh, then prime minister, I think, mm-hmm. to promote Japanese culture, mm-hmm. and and he, uh, uh, Mr. Aso now is by the way is the um, finance minister in the current government. So uh, mm-hmm. okay, that but just to, just to backtrack just a little bit as to what Cool Japan, the Cool Japan initiative was, and a you failure. Were s- um, well, no, that's maybe, what they were yeah. saying well, is that there was some cronyism and they got rid of was, some of the cronyism. Issues, but, um, now, like, there's I'd say the Sentai there might investment been. is probably a good investment. And then, what was it? Toronto well, supposedly is now an ambassador and she's the first voice actress to be an ambassador, which tells you something there too, right? Given good for her. One. Yeah. Well, there's, uh, I guess that. Um, well, you know, because of what ADV did, huh, huh, huh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah okay no. so well, i know you were saying something john the that. smart man yeah i know, I you, know were you, were saying, you were saying you were saying i won't what was it sentai and originally i think you said it in passing that 
I guess some people in Japan didn't believe they were a real company or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's, a, it's, I guess it's so bizarre when you think about it, I guess. Well, I just said, came to accept again, it, it even though we thought the names were yeah, crazy we, to begin with we anyway, knew remember? The, who they were, but uh, as I said, does Japan, does, did, did a lot of people in Japan know who they were? Well, that was, that was another story, but we had that discussion already, sort of, right? Wow. Okay, so that's one book. Mm-hmm. Item. Um, I just want to. This is this is as much as I will say about this. Do, let's talk do, the Vic thing because there was some key decisions last week. I don't. I don't know. I want to say too much about it. I, all I know is on the topic of GoFundMe's. I think we know where some of that money's now about to go. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And supposedly one uh, and I'm pretty sure a lot of those a lot of those uh, a lot of those uh, donators probably aren't very happy about it but wait okay. what happened with that I am not aware of a this. lot of the um counter a lot of the uh a lot of key aspects of the defamation lawsuits that um Mcno- uh, that McNona launched were like I know pretty the, much thrown out right yeah. I know about the countersuit against yeah, yeah Jarmy Marchi was oh, yeah. thrown out and, and stuff on like top that. of that um, you know it's it, it, like it's it, it, there's this thing they call it sl- uh, slap um, lawsuits basically just to try and muzzle um, uh, countersuing for the purpose of muzzling mm-hmm. and um, the thing was the ju- the judgment again that went against Vic as far as I know the outside version is um, well yes he lost but now he's also penalized with having to pay the legal fees as well for Jamie, for Jamie Marchi Mm-hmm. Uh, among others. So, um, well, as I said, uh, the GoFundMe money being put to use. And we so also like found out more GoFundMe things. Money? Hmm? You mean he was getting GoFundMe money? Oh, yeah, they started. There was, yeah, a, there was a GoFundMe there for his uh, legal defense. Well, it was the Risen Bull Rangers, I'm assuming. Huh? The Resin Bull Rangers. Um, I really don't know the factions in all of this. That's, I just know what, that existed. That's, his diehards are called the Risen Bull Rangers. Okay. Risen Bull as in from FMA. Cool. Mm. cool. But I know they but, said um, there was a lot of documents that we learned about some things that we probably never would have thought of about Funimation. Some of them were obviously not... I don't know if they would be true or not, but a lot of the people at Funimation were like, what are you talking about? About I guess it was one voice actor in there. Like, how would you know when you're just coming into the booth and all that stuff saying that there was, I guess, a casting couch at Funimation with Chris Sabin and people were just shaking their heads. All it's like, and talking things? about, it's like, was it uh, sexual harassment policies and all this other, and it's like, yes, there were actual policies in place for the actual employees that worked at Funimation and stuff like that. And the contractors, which are the voice actors, since they're independent contractors, they're, it's a different type of thing. You know I mean? There isn't like, for a lot of those ones, there isn't, there's a policy, but they don't go through the rigors that a normal employee would. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. And that's what people forget. It's so tough. Well, as I said, it was an interesting week there. Um, I'm, I'm sure, and, uh, I'm sure mo- he'll bite the dust soon enough because I don't whatever. know how it got even this far. <laughs> yeah. But now I guess if people want to do it, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess that's a, as Waste your as... money, Vic. Waste your money. Whatever. It's not, it's not ours. Okay. <laughs> the first batch of early bird IFF tickets for next year's convention here in Toronto in June went on sale the $30 tickets, which were snapped up within roughly 24 hours. All of I think those. it was just a one-day type thing they do. For I know. I, got, I mean, I, I admit it. This time around, I did get a ticket, although I can't predict 10 months into the future either. Although there's another... Like, that's IFF, and obviously that's the people behind Anime Revo. They've had 
some PR nightmares in the last month too. Mm-hmm. We talked because um, on the topic of Me Too and Anime News Network has been on a roll with these type of things. I mean, just just on the uh, on the momentum for the whole Vic McNona th- story earlier this year, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. did a expose about some unsavory characters who went to Anime Revo. Mm-hmm. And those and I, were some interesting. Like I, that I mean, was an Jesse sent this because to I think they had talked about other people and other conventions, yeah. but this one took the cake. The, like it the, had so many layers, and you're like, how in the world did this even? Yeah, Jesse. Um, like occur. Like Jesse uh, had already stated to stated, I think, on his Twitter feeds, and and to us that he wasn't. That he a lot of things he had issues with with the way it was run and he hinted to it to me and then he forwarded me this the anime news network article and gave me this and i could see where he was coming from why he felt um this was mm-hmm. pretty poor who's the general uh the head of the head uh can no who we I, I believe we caught a glimpse of at iff but he's at the center of this con- one of the people at the center of this controversy Mm-hmm. But um, we'll we'll link to, we'll link to it. I don't want to try and go too much into the details of the article itself, or maybe we will just a little bit. But to say upstart, the least, the it looks like he they showed up and then he went down to go. And I, who knows what he was thinking was going to go down if he was going to strip him of the badge then and there, which I think most people thought would happen. And hope. And then, but he got it. it. Just it just took this bizarre, bizarre turn about. What was it? His mother was there and his mother would escort him. And then uh, this yeah, yeah, letter no, from his psychiatrist and saying all this other stuff. It, saying it just, he wasn't a threat. He'd be, um, you know, backed up and chaperoned by either his mother or his girlfriend. Apparently, because this guy apparently um, and there had, was another had key element. There was another key element, I think, that supposedly was left out. And if he had heard that, I guarantee he would not have been led in that convention. What was that key element? Oh, I forget what the was key it, element, like, but criminal there was proceedings or something, or there was something legal or something. But yeah, I some, can't remember what about, it was. It was something about uh, him going didn't break his probation. Yeah, it was something. I thought it was pending about a trial probation. for possession yeah. of child pornography on this uh, gentleman. So. Okay, so yeah, if that had been, I guarantee you, he wouldn't have been let. But for whatever reason, he decided, okay, I'm going to let him in for all these other reasons and who knows maybe he thought he was going to get sued or whatever but it was still very poor uh poor judgment yeah well uh, the thing is like yeah i mean and, and I if mean, he was worried about the lawsuit i think he could have won at least a pr battle mm-hmm. if he if he let him if he kept them out and if we're gonna have these policies and procedures and all that stuff that are at all the conventions and stuff you should at least stand behind them you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it's like you're gonna say well, I understand you have all this stuff, but we have to stand behind the spirit of the policies we put in place and just show them the policy, you know what I mean? And say, here's the door. Yeah. But it's they, that simple. Like, but it's that simple. You would think, but... Just reading, just skimming mm-hmm. this article. And I tried to read it, but it was so much of a read. I, I and I was It was very in-depth. Like, it yes, it went was. through all, was it, three days, and like mm-hmm. the second day... I guess people were really ticked off. And then I guess the police, someone called the police to come and get him and stuff like that. And they advised that he should leave mm-hmm. the building. You know what I mean? It was also the police who said that. And uh, they were they the would... ones that told them about that probation. He's like, yeah. what are you talking about? I had no so, idea. Yeah, the pol- so in the article, in the ANN article, it says that the police informed no that uh, him being there did not break parole or probation. So it was up to him to decide. 
whether or not he would as do. in the uh, as in him as in the um, organizers or yeah as yeah. in as in no as in can no mm-hmm. I, I yeah it does uh, just on first blush this sounds pretty badly thought out badly at least i don't think he ever thought getting and organizing an anime convention would ever land him here that's for sure mm-hmm I will say this much, and I don't know if I want to say how much else. Is there anything else we want to add? No? Yes? No? Before I uh, go with the zinger here? <laughs> Let it out. Let okay. the zinger fly. Here's the zinger. Well, it says here that, yeah, he would be backed up, chaperoned by his girlfriend. If this guy has a girlfriend, concerning everything he's apparently done, I really have to examine how I conduct myself. Well, I, I question how he even got one. Like, you, you read the things, like, how in the world is this possible? It just boggles the mind. Yes, that's the thing. That's the amazing part about this. Well, uh, it's just 30 bucks for me. Anyway. <sighs> At least we have a clean criminal record. Think about it that way. Oh, uh, yeah. It's $30 <laughs> ticket. So as far as we know. Yeah, well, <laughs> oh. well, you know, it's for the courts to decide. <laughs> Well, I, on that note, um, is there anything else we want to talk about before we go? Because uh, we we're should, we should let them know that Sentai's uh, store finally ships to Canada. They've been talking about it for over two years. And now this week they said, guess oh. what? We shipped to Canada. And they yes. seem to have quite a few sales like over the course of the year, probably just as good as uh, rice stuff. I don't know what their shipping costs are going to be for Canada. So that so means that you can ship... The Legend of the Galactic Cure is the $799. I was going to say that. I was going to say that. You stole it from US, me. and we can like not leave it I was going to say that. So, so, how many, so how many people are you betting are going to try and import it over the border? It's like, are we saying three people? More than, so one hand, basically. Count three on people. one hand. Count on one hand. Okay. Count on, on one hand, right? Me. Oh, hey. You got you. I'm sure you're, it's, I'm sure you're saving up. Well, okay. I like all, Theze, all I can so tell you is, I could go is, into that blind. They have put no, like I watched all the streams, so it's great and worth it. But I'm not sure if it's that expensive, knowing how much it's going to be. Because the other thing is, when they've had their sales, everything has been on sale. But Legend of the Galactic Heroes, they've kept it. They have not reduced it from MSRB at all. Yeah, because because they know they'll right? have they no know. margin. They keep, they, they, yeah, and they can. Sometimes yeah, they know. Sometimes you just say, and that's the only way to get. It. Sometimes that you just must say, have costed a lot of money because yeah. that was that was the boondoggle. That was the one of the things that we had heard that the Japanese didn't want to put out because they were asking for astronomical amounts of money. <laughs> so something something broke down in in the Japanese side to finally let them license this film or this series. And films and everything. And films else. and everything. I think some of it had to do with they had the new series coming out too. I wonder if some of that came to play too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who's to say? But uh, there's a thought right there. Oh, on that note, I guess since we are talking about online, buying stuff online, and then I talked about Chemical Orange Road, did you get the OAVs already? Uh, no, not yet, because one thing in my order is holding it up. But I should have I, asked asked if I could add, add, add another copy for that order. But um, the thing is, I, I looked at the Amazon price. Too, mm-hmm. and it might be cheaper to go write stuff, even if it's just one single thing. Pay the shipping, pay the duty. The price might be about the same, maybe yeah. slightly less. Yeah, you can still shop around and find it at other places and stuff like that. Like where? <laughs> That's no, really, where? You can either go to was it Roberts Anime Corner Store, but that one I don't think that. But Amazon Canada did have it. Amazon America, I can't remember if they had it, but. 
Canada still had, but the price I'm trying to think was maybe under or close to what the retail price was in U.S. dollars, but it might have been just yeah, a bit above. Yeah, but then if you if you still want to go mm-hmm. right stuff, you can get a little bit less on it. Mm-hmm. The um, current price of the um, OAVs, because this is the last, because I am trying to get it. I would like to get it, but the current price as of now is sixty two fifty seven Canadian. It's on the hard, uh, Amazon site. It's hardly worth it to buy from right stuff anymore because you're paying tax on the US price and then you're going to that needs to be converted. Mm-hmm. So you're paying you're paying tax on the American price and then you're paying 34 34% more because of your conversion fees. Mm-hmm. So you think I should just uh, stick with the Amazon side? Like what are you buying? No, oh, it's the OAV in the first movie. Yeah, like for what? Chemical Orange Road. You know what? If you do an order. Let me know because I need to buy a tenant before it uh, goes out of print. But yeah. Oh, you want to? We'll we'll just put together an order because I need because that. Well, I want ultimate, also buying because uh, right stuff confirmed that they're running out of copies of the okay. Utena you know collector's what edition. You know what? Let, maybe about we that just story put, is that you know what might be you worth doing where I just found. Uh, just just to get the just put together an order to get the free mm-hmm. shipping and then because yeah. there's a few other movies I want to get. You want to um, know where I found Night that is young walk on girl too? Ironically, where. I was at Anime North and John oh. Cerebella at the Media Blaster. God booth. damn it. He was not just selling Media Blaster stuff. He was selling other stuff too he from wasn't... Discotech. And he had that Utena thing. The And I got from for 200 bucks all in. That's Taxes not bad. And that's Canadian. That's not Canadian. bad. Canadian. That is you good. Mean, he all wasn't in. just selling porn and like Well, is Utena porn? Figures. I don't know. Could be. I'll say well, anyway. She does turn into a car. <laughs> yeah, Some people go that way. Um, <laughs> but um, I, yeah, I, I'll say what is it? It really depends on what you're buying online well, and who you're getting it from. If we want to say on that, it's like yeah, the discotheque and the Sentai. You kind of have to shop around and stuff like that. You can still find deals, but I, can, I still know that Funimation. They haven't changed, I think yet. But I'm still. I wouldn't be surprised they go to Sony. Is that they're still selling on Best Buy Canada and Amazon Canada for yeah. just under American price in Canadian See, dollars with ties, and that's still the best you're gonna get. There. Anime, and, but anime, I might still buy the right mm-hmm. stuff, but sometimes but I will stuff, compare with Amazon. This stuff is now went up, and it's hard to find now. And they used to be easy to find. They were Warner Brothers, so I'm not mm-hmm. sure what's happened there. And the reason that's a concern is. Viz and Crunchyroll teamed up. Yeah, stories all about manga. I will not buy online through Right Stuff anymore. It's just well, not no, worth you it. know how you buy it. It's like as we said, you buy it through chapters for the sales they had. When they had forty percent um, off. Yep, and you get the coupons through means to get the extra ten percent. Plus, you make sure you get either ten times the points or five hundred for each. Um, Use your, book yeah, you just, get. Just so I have all these, these points. You need to let me know these means that you're talking about. He's in, like. But he's, anyway, he's let's put it this way: you're a seller, he's a shopper. But let's put it this That's way: I got, I went in for the Yen Press uh, sale last month. This month was Seven Cs. I forgot there to, was forgot about the Seven C sale. Oh, you should have done it this weekend because you had the ten times the point. Yeah. I, so I, I got know. on top of that. And then I had... Um, Don't remind me. What was it? The buy one, get one 50% off. So some of the ones that weren't in certain but the, things, but the, I went but those things And then Dark Horse had the buy two, get one free. And that actually gets you a good amount off. See, the, but the, what, the buy X, get 
one free is never worth it for me. I'd rather just wait for the straight 40 off. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sometimes they don't do it for some. Dark Horse, I know, does I mean, not do it. I mean, no, with, they've done it for Dark Horse before. I mean, no, I buy... But I, only for certain things, not for adult graphic oh, novels. Oh, I mean, the, well, the mo- I don't care about the graphic novels. I just care about but the But what I'm saying, no, that's what manga's included under. No, I've they've done seen, it for Dark Horse before. They've done they? it once. Because I've only seen, like, the buy to get one free for They that. did it last the year generals. before. They did, did they? it last year once. Hmm. I'll have to see because I don't remember seeing. I only remember the buy to get one free. Yeah, and, and, and remember, I, and I go to, I go to, I go to. Um, but basically, each I, week you go onto chapters and you see what their deals are. The yeah, and they, are. that's and basically some, what they you do. do. Yeah. They do okay because I mean, you, if you're away from the uh, manga side, I mean, I'm still. I I buy their. Um, but I buy their Electrum. No manga deals books. this but week. But the crazy, by the way. yeah, there is no manga deals this week. But I looked at what I got with bonus points and with the 40% off or the thing I'm buying below and sometimes well below the American price because a lot of the time I'm getting the 40% plus the extra 10% oh, plus man. the p- yeah. points. I miss Because com- there was a time. That all said, I miss comic. Because last year's yeah, Viz yeah. sale. It's, I, it's basically close to comic den levels. Let's put it and that way. The, but hey, you have to know some, when to buy. That's the yeah. getting So Because so they like, finally did a Viz sale last year, like towards like the end of the year. And I think there was... It was stacking with this other discount that I don't think should have happened because I was getting like Kimini Todoke and Skippy for like fifty five percent off. Yeah, there's sometimes where weird craziness can happen and you can get some good deals. It's here. never worth it to buy in store anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by no, it isn't. You, you just the use it as a thing, place to pick up. The only thing, <laughs> yep, though, seriously. It, the only thing though, I just I've go in there and then too. get a get a start get a co- get a coffee at Starbucks and get my points there too. Mm-hmm. So that, um, we do get it. The forty percent and stuff like that, but the other thing is with maybe the buy one get one fifty percent off or those other ones. The reason they're also not as good now is they're not really even giving the discounts on Amazon or Chapters anymore for being online. It's almost like they're so close to the in-store price of Canadian retail price, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like they used to say, "Oh, you can get this discount because nothing much is happening online." Now they're just saying, "Well, f you." It's like we need our cut. Yeah, and honestly, if you need it day and date, just get it from Amazon, and sometimes you'll get a small discount by pre-ordering early enough. Mm-hmm. Mm. If you really need it that day, like I've I've saved twenty to twenty five percent off by pre-ordering Amazon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think we're done. Oh well. Well, it's like we're an hour fifteen, so I think we're I think we're we have to, we have to get you home anyway. Well, let me mention a couple things. Okay, quick. before we go. Before so, we go tonight, um, anybody wanting to see Promare, it's going to be on the 21st, 22nd, I believe. Oh, here we go. So the, the weekend the is calendar. the dub, and the Monday and the Tuesday is the sub. Yes. Okay. So uh, some items on the calendar. Let's see. Um, anyone who likes Man on a Mission, who mm-hmm. uh, sung theme songs for Golden Kamui and uh, Gundam, and. Uh, oh, wait. Were we talking Queen Elizabeth? No, they're going to be at the Adelaide Hall. Okay. So they're those dudes okay. with the wolf heads. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, they, they sung that, uh, they sung the Raise Your Flag song for, for Iron-Blooded Orphans. That's how I know them. But, so they're going to be in town. Uh, oh, I don't remember the date, though. You know what? Next time, next time we have you on, we, we talk at length about uh, going to K, the K-Festival, okay? That is also the 21st. Oh, yeah, we were going to... Yeah, we, we were thinking. Yeah, but we're, yeah. we went way over time. And over, then there yeah, was the first the week anyway. of October. I know has uh, "Dreaming of Dreaming Girl." That's the one for the Bunny Girl one. That movie. 
from Aniplex. The bunny girl dreams of whatever. No, I dream of dreaming girl or something like that oh. instead of the bunny girl because each novel was a different thing. Oh, but I for see. the anime, they just used the bunny girl. But that was interesting that they're doing a release in Canada and the states in the theaters for that because they're only doing a sub-release of the series at the end of the year. So it probably only met certain expectations. I okay, think. and then Any... just one last thing, and uh, then we'll end it off. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing First Love this weekend. Uh, so it's. The new Takashi Miike movie. Oh boy! And that will be uh, Friday night at eleven fifty nine. This is at TIFF. This is at TIFF. Yes. Yeah. TIFF ends this weekend. So, so are, do you think there are still tickets? There are still tickets for it. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I guess certain ones. Good. Right? At so least there's tickets for something. So I have a ticket that's unclaimed. If any of you want it, <laughs> assuming this comes out, uh, I get this online beforehand uh, in due time. No, like I have a spare ticket because my friend can't go anymore. Oh wow. Well. <laughs> Crash and burn. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. That's it. Uh, well, we got basically what we want to say. I mean, so we got Muhammad's uh, episode out there. So where was Hope you enjoyed, hope you enjoyed where, it, Muhammad. Where was Mo exactly? The uh, man yeah, well, well, who got we'll this already for us? Did he yeah. give you a reason? No, he didn't. We'll have to ask him next time. <laughs> Damn it, Mo. It's but because of all you, the pain hope, he went through to save our seats. It's like no, he yeah, himself. Yeah, instead we're just... Body and soul. We're just in, we're just like we're just throwing them under the bus for missing this episode. <laughs> but uh, so hope it's you enjoyed. It. So hope, so Mo, hope you enjoyed it. Um, to everyone else, hope you enjoyed it as well. Anything else? Muhammad was really the MVP that day. Oh no, so. and he was honestly. He truly you was. Give the you have my gratitude, Muhammad. He 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 put his life on the line to get us the tickets and the seats, literally. And Kevin was lucky because if we hadn't said that he was in the washroom, the lady pointing at us was going <laughs> to give his seat to someone basically in the rush line because we were in the middle almost of the theater at the, near the bomb. Man. We'll keep your seat warm, Muhammad. Uh, thanks for listening. Good night from Toronto and join us again for another edition of the Anime Roundtable.